who she's going to choose, George or Maddie. And she kept going back to Maddie. And honest to God, I was like, girl, like you've walked out of that apartment building like how many times? Just leave for good. It, it was just like, I was like, this has nothing to do with it's it's whether or not which man is listening to you talk about what you're going to do in the next phase of your life like i just i felt bad for her character because i was like oh my god you couldn't have written a better script for her and then we have george who's literally going through a meltdown at work he is being indicted with the like federal court and he's happy go lucky like nothing's like i'm just gonna what is happening? We have no idea. It's just, it's bizarre. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You made it here. You found us. I'm going to assume you love romantic comedies. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have... How, How do, do you, you know... know? And if you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure you follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Anywhere that you can leave reviews, we love to see those and we love to respond to them. And um, they help other people find us. So they're, they're very, very good. And if you want to reach out to us about anything specific, at Romcom Rewind on Instagram and on TikTok. We got a message from Sophia a little while ago saying, hey, I love you guys so much. You have no idea how badly I've always wanted the inside scoop on my favorite movies but didn't know where to find it. You have found us. We are where that happens. Uh, thanks so much for making my dreams come true. She would like us to do Morning Glory or How to Be Single or Cinderella Story. They're famous. So How Do You Know is a 2010 romantic comedy directed by um, James L. Brooks, also written and produced by James L. Brooks. He's a Simpsons de- developer. He also worked on Broadcast News, Terms of Endearment, Spanglish, how Do You Know is the story of three people. Lisa Jorgensen, played by Reese Witherspoon. She's a softball player who, in the first few minutes of the movie, we learn her softball career is on the rocks. We also meet Maddie Reynolds, played by Owen Wilson. He is a pitcher for the Washington Nationals, and he may be in the midst of trying to spark a relationship with Lisa. And then we also meet George Madison, played by Paul Rudd. He was given Lisa's number by a friend of hers, but George, however, going through some tough times with some legal action against the company he manages with his dad, Charles Madison, played by Jack Nicholson. And we've got a classic love triangle scenario here. So what are your thoughts on how do you... Most girls' plan is meet a guy, love, have a baby, but I don't know if I have what it takes for everybody's regular plan. Son... I have some disturbing news. What? I'll wait till you get here. Tell me, please. It would be nice to get one piece of bad news without someone studying my face to see how I'm taking it. They are going to indict you. George? How are you? Good to see you. Yeah. So this movie was cute, but honestly, I really didn't like it really? that much. Um, it was a bit too long, and I wanted to like it more than I did. So, Have we found the first movie that Sarah genuinely doesn't like? Maybe, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. this is the moment. I wanted to like it, but I really didn't. There really wasn't much there for me at all. Um, it didn't resolve any any of the plot line. The plot line was lacking. 
I feel like I left the movie the same way I came into it. Except Which that, is what? <laughs> well, with no story. <laughs> okay. Not knowing what the movie was about. I hadn't seen this one before. I don't know. I just, the flow of the movie wasn't great. What could save the movie, I guess, would be the actors. Yeah. But that was pretty much it. Wow. Unfortunately. I'm looking through our catalog of episodes. I don't think you've disliked a movie. Not not this much ever. But like, we're going back to episode 28, Love Guaranteed. I think maybe we had some no, holes I, I, to... I, I, yeah, we had holes to poke. <laughs> but we had Sarah holes still to poke, liked it. But okay. I still liked it. I thought it was a cool con. I thought it was a cool concept. Okay. But even this, like, there was no imagination to it. <laughs> I. <laughs> no, don't hold back, Sarah. Tell us how you really feel. Wow, this I mean, is amazing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I just there was nothing there for me other than the actors. And this the is like meeting a unicorn. I don't think. Like you, you are witnessing Sarah disliking a romantic. Okay, comedy. okay. So, how did what did you think about the movie? Uh, okay, all right. I like this movie. I think this movie fits in the same universe for me as. Do, do you watch any Wes Anderson films? It's kind of like a watered down Wes Anderson. Like it's long. There's a lot of dialogue. There's kind of like a minutia to the acting performance that. I mean, for this movie, I'll admit, I'll admit, I got bored at one point and I looked at my phone and I like, I was like, oh my God, I just went like 10 minutes and I didn't really realize what was and happening. nothing changed. You didn't miss anything, right? Yeah, I don't think I missed the much. The story didn't yeah. progress. <laughs> but listen, if you enjoy Paul Rudd, just hey. See, I love Paul Rudd. He's like just being zany Paul Rudd for like two hours. Like, wow, you know, I'm going through some emotional things and I'm Paul Rudd and I'm going to be a little bit zany in this movie. This is your movie. But you're not going to have like the uh, rolling over laughing moments like Wedding Crashers. No, I, I had no emotion. Like I didn't cry. I didn't belly laugh. You must have laughed I, at one point. No, I don't think I did. Really? No. I mean, there was one cute moment where I was like, yeah, and that was my best scene. And I'll, I'll get into it. <laughs> okay. But even that, I was like, is that my what best scene? What about when the two like, buses roll up? Oh, that was, that was comical. That was funny. It was funny. Maybe okay. I, I had a chuckle come out of my mouth. So this like movie, huh. this movie, I, I agree with you. I kind of feel like in a pop music world, this movie is a Charlie Puth, okay? Because this movie's fine. Did some fine work, in it's my opinion. Oh. But Ed Sheeran's going to tell you a better <laughs> love story, right? The Weeknd's going to have better music, and Taylor Swift's going to be a bigger star. You know, this isn't The Notebook. It's not Wedding Crashers. No. But I thought it was pretty good. Did you? Did you? Yeah. Like, I... I <laughs> Your commitment to not liking it is very impressive. It was interesting. You know, the story was supposed to be about um, Lisa finding what she's going to do now that she's not a professional softball player. And I found the focus was more on who she's going to choose, George or Maddie. And she kept going back to Maddie. And honest to God, I was like, girl, like you've walked out of that apartment building. Like how many times? Just leave for good. It, It was just like, I was like, this has nothing to do with... It's it's whether or not which man is listening to you talk about what you're going to do in the next phase of your life. Like I just I felt bad for her character because I was like, oh my god, you couldn't have written a better script for her. And then we have George, who's literally going through a meltdown at work. Yeah. He's, he is being indicted with the co- like federal court, and he's happy go lucky like nothing's like I'm just gonna. <laughs> What is happening? We have no idea. It's just, it's bizarre. Wow. 
Sarah doesn't like this movie. I actually I love it. We never we never get to see this, so I know I'm excited about this. I do. I'm I am quite easy to please in terms of movies. To really <laughs> articulate that point, we have the Hallmark Christmas romantic comedy <laughs> season on the way, and yes. I think Sarah's already PVR and shit. Yeah, like it she's at the ready end of, to go. I'm pretty sure I don't have a specific date yet, but I'm pretty sure it starts at the end of October. Okay, so the movie starts out. Um, like you said, Lisa, you know, losing her softball career and uh, George getting a federal court indictment about his business for inside trading, I think. I will be completely transparent that I, at multiple times, tried to figure out what was happening with the legal action. It's also very confusing. Yeah, his relation don't know because they don't explain any of it. Right. And his relationship with his dad is also very Weird. confusing because his dad goes from like just totally reaming him out like you are incompetent at your job you caused this to happen and then all of a sudden he's like yeah it was all me buddy like I'm listen i feel really bad for you i'm sorry you're poking holes in the movie no god no no, no. hey listen huh? listen eh? it's a good movie it's it's eh? fine it's a charlie booth it's movie fine. okay it's fine it's fine <laughs> um and they also start out with both being with somebody else so George is with, uh, I believe, a teacher. I have no idea. Yeah. I also don't know. Like, that relationship is really weird. Um, and then Lisa is with Maddie, the pitcher from the Nationals. Um, and she she sleeps over at his house for the first time. Maddie, the baseball player. Maddie, Owen baseball, Wilson. Yes. Yeah. And um, their relationship is really weird. I think they're mostly friends with benefits at this point, And this is kind of where they start to take the next steps. Well, so we establish Owen Wilson's character as being like a baseball superstar. He's a pitcher. Like, I think there's a moment where fans are trying to take pictures with him. And Lisa kind of just stomps off on her own because she's uncomfortable. She doesn't know if she wants to have sex with him or not. And can we agree that Maddie's character is very charming? There is a cute moment where he's like, I want you to make the decision. And he kind of steps away from her. When they're he, at the door. He he can be charming at times, but then he goes into this like mansplaining mode and I'm like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> like I I I half the time liked his character and then half the other time I was like, no. Uh, I'm just pushing water uphill here trying to love <laughs> sorry, this movie with sorry. you. Hey, it's okay. You have opinions. That's all right. Um, but they do end up sleeping together. Yeah. I've got a question for you. Okay. So Lisa wakes up. Yeah. And she goes to the bathroom and Maddie has a drawer full of toothbrushes. Yes. Unused. It's That's like intense. categorical. It is. And then he has a number of drawers of women's sweaters and kind of sweatpants in closets ranging from different rain, uh, shades of pink. Mm-hmm. And it becomes extremely evident Maddie picks up. He sleeps with a lot of women. Yes, he does. To the point where he has like a hundred extra toothbrushes in his apartment. Yeah. What would you do in that scenario? Like, I, I would find it a little odd. Like, I would uh, honestly ask him, like, how many, how many women do you bring home in a week? Because clearly, I'm not the only one. How many do we think? Oh, I'm sure one a night. One a night. <laughs> Woo! I would think three hundred and sixty-five a year. Wow, that's impressive. Not new people potentially. Oh, but every night like, he is I'm, not alone. I'm sure every night okay. he's not alone. What is, um, that's a pretty big F-boy red flag in my opinion. The toothbrushes and the the the, the sweatsuits for sure, yes. It's kind of like demeaning, like, oh, I got it some is. pink sweaters for you. It is, well, and the color too. Like, yeah, the I, fact that it's pink is yeah. like, yeah, really? It's like these are specifically geared towards the women who sleep over. Have you ever been at a guy's place and you saw a red flag that you're like, oh, this guy just, he just bags a lot of girls and I can tell because of Maybe like blank. a jar full of condoms. 
I was actually going to bring that right? up. Right? But, like, but then it's like, oh, like, you're being safe. But, like, at the same time, you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like, I'm just thinking of things, right? I'm like so that, glad you brought that, that have, up. Like, that I would think of would be a red flag. I was once with a girl, and she had, like, a candy bowl full of condoms by oh. her bedside table. And I actually thought that. I'm like, oh, my God, that freaks me out. And then I thought, hey, are you just being sexist Devin and then I thought no if a guy had this yeah. that would also be a red flag it, totally so. totally yeah yeah well when I was so I was a resident advisor in university so to make sure that my students were safe I would I would have a bowl of condoms that they in my like um lounge where they could just come and grab them so you're just the condom needed. lady of your college well I would rather that than unprotected hold on Hold on. No, no, no. So Everyone, just, all the all the resident advisors did it. But like, so you're saying students would just come to your room and be like, "Sarah, I need a condom." No, stat. no, it was in the lounge. Oh, it was so in like, the lounge. So like, I didn't God. know who was coming and going. Imagine. <laughs> no, I don't want to. <laughs> oh, Timmy, you need a condom. Okay. Oh, let me get that for you. What kind would you like? No, I have a little drawer. Ripped for her pleasure. Good choice, Timmy. No, that's creepy. That's, <laughs> that's way weird. too creepy. That's, that's really weird. Really weird and creepy. Yeah. No. Okay. Continue on. Tell us what um, else you dislike about yes, this movie. Yes, so on the George side, he's being sued, and his father basically disowns him in front of his him and his assistant, basically yells at him. Every prick with half a brain whoever took advantage of you knows absolutely. But, Jitch, there is a bottom line here, which is because of your notions of trust and creativity, we may be inevitably forced to crawl on by some assistant U.S. attorney and if this almost made the law review creature pins me between a choice of saving you or the company that I founded and you preside over, I may be forced to choose the company, even though a suing so may break my life forever. He's having a really good day. His girlfriend breaks up with him because he's a problem currently and says that they can't get they can only get back together when he's problem free, which is hilarious. I will say as soon as Jack Nicholson's character shows up. I immediately thought like, oh my God, he's the baddie right here. That that's there's something bad that's gonna happen in this movie. He is like, um, what's the arrested development, the oh the dad of the Bluth family. <laughs> like you just know he's into shady shit. Yes. I can't pin it down, but he there's gonna be something <laughs> With that the comes banana up later stand. on. Yeah, there's, there's always, always money, money in the in banana, banana stand. stand. Um yeah. and that whole relationship between George and Charles really confuses me because he goes from just being mean to his son paul rudd oh George. yeah yes that's the other thing but then he also seems to care for him yeah. at times it i is, don't really get it it is weird and then everybody else in the company stopped talking to him except his dad but you would think that because his dad was involved in the company he also wouldn't be able to talk to him like it there's so many inconsistencies yeah. that i'm just like this doesn't make any sense and i don't under like this is ridiculous but <laughs> you hey, know great acting performance from Jack Oh, Nicholson. of course. He definitely. It. He was great. Like I said, the actors in this movie are phenomenal. Catherine Hahn. Yes. She was great. Oh, God, I love her. Come on now. Oh, my gosh. Um, so George calls Lisa because she uh, George had gotten her number from a friend of Lisa's. And I think I'm sure that her friends in the softball world want her to date anybody but Maddie. Yeah. I, I, you kind of get that vibe. And so George calls her and they set up a date to go, uh, you know, both their lives are falling apart. So why not? Let's go for it. Let's go on a date. But she does make it clear. We're just, we're not dating. We are having. We're having a meal. We're having a meal together. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And when she shows up, 
George is in shambles already at the table. They go on their blind date. And that morning, actually, she had found out that she's not in the roster for this year's team. So she's also kind of falling apart. So, yeah, both of their lives are in shambles. George is not handling it very well. He's been drinking a lot. And Lisa's kind of just... She's bottling it all up inside, and they have a weirdly silent meal. They do, which I actually, this part, so I think I have seen this movie. I said earlier I didn't, but this, for some reason, this scene I remembered. How are you doing? I'm great. Yeah? Yep. Well, treasure it. You okay? No. I'm sorry, I'm not even aware that I have to apologize this might not be the best first impression. Hold on, so, are you about to say something you like about the movie? No, I just remembered the scene. <laughs> <laughs> we acknowledge, oh, you remember the, the scene. The acknowledgement is happening that I remember this scene. So either I saw it, and again, it was so unmemorable that I have completely forgot about it. But then this one scene, because I thought it was ab- like just hilarious that... It's about as good as it gets, folks. Acknowledgement. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So you remembered yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Weirdly enough, he likes her after this. And I think she likes him a little and bit. And I think she likes him, but then she just keeps going back to Maddie. So Maddie takes her to a party, and um, he's not terrible, but he's not wanting to get too close. Like, he's kind of decent in terms of, like, a boyfriend person. It's maybe a Charlie Puth. He's kind of just... Like, he's just there, there and, yeah, and sure. is a terrible listener and provides her some advice, but just enough to keep her there, you know? Yeah. Like, just enough love and, and, and passion and thoughtfulness just to keep her there. <laughs> you know? It's not overwhelming. Whereas, like, George is so nice to her. He sits there and listens, and it's just, you know, <laughs> weird. So the next day, he he's uh, Maddie is at practice, I think, and he asks his friends on the team how they know when they're in love. And the one guy says he knows he's in love when he starts wearing a condom with the other girls that he's with. <laughs> That's a massive f boy line. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then Maddie says, "Oh my God, I'm in love." And I I'm think I'm like, a- <laughs> I'm like, what? Is that what you're doing? It must be. Did you not laugh part? at that? That's funny. Okay, I did, like find, a very, I did um, find this funny. In a very misogynistic totally. way, I guess. Well, I've got a question, though. So, Maddie is a baseball player. Maddie is Owen Wilson. Yeah. Let's play the game of what are the only sports that you could convince me that Owen Wilson plays? Because he's not a very athletic-looking guy. No, okay. And I've got the top seven answers on the board. And you at home okay. listening, you can play along. What sport... Could you reasonably believe Owen Wilson plays? Golf. Oh, that's our number four answer. Good job, Sarah. He does look like a golfer. Yeah. Um, Polo player. Oh, we didn't have that. Like not water polo, but like like horseback riding. Horseback riding. That was not on the board, but that's a good guess, though. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Is baseball in there? Yeah, baseball is number one because it's. He he's this isn't the first movie he's talked about being a baseball player. Okay. Wedding Crashers, do you remember? I mean, he's lying to everybody, but he tells yes. them that he's a baseball player. Okay. So you got the number one oh, and number okay. four answers. Okay, yes, that's yes. Good. I'm coming up with them. Um, could he be a rower? Okay, here's the thing, Sarah. That's our number two answer, but there's an asterisk beside it. Why? Because he, he couldn't just be a rower. Rowers are very athletic. Specifically, there is something called a coxswain. Yes. You know when you're watching the Olympics <laughs> and there's that one rower <laughs> who's who's not actually rowing? They're just standing at the front of the boat yelling at all the rowers? Yes. 
He's that's, calling That it? would be his role. Okay. So you got the number one, two, and four answers, Sarah. Good job. I know. Okay, what's the one that I'm missing? So number three, yeah. he could be a curler. Oh, he could be a curler. He could be a curler. Yes, Number yes. five, yep. he could be a NASCAR driver. Oh, he could. Yep. Mm-hmm. Number six, he could be an arch, arch, archer. An, an arch. Ar- he could be he an could, archery. He could be an archery. Okay. And number seven, he could be in fencing. Oh, that's a really good one. Okay, those are really good. Yeah. Hey, you you got one, two, and four. Good job to well, you. Well, there's only, like, when you say something that's not overly, like, physically athletic, because um, I would like to say all sports are athletic. You have to have some sort of athleticism. Um, Sarah. <laughs> However, Political these therapy, are the man. lower end of athleticism required to do the sport. So that's why, I mean, I, I, I feel like I nailed it. I'm so happy when we get to meet Political Sarah. <laughs> comes in once an episode for sure usually like there's almost a drink i don't need to (laughs) (laughs) and so from here after the chat with his friends he decides to ask lisa to move in and she some for some reason does i I don't know why she does i think she like her life's kind of spiraling in a strange direction she doesn't know where she's going she's been kicked off the the softball team and hey here's maddie and he has a lot of good character traits i guess he's here he's he's, he's there yeah definitely. he's there yeah so um <laughs> she sublets her apartment and moves in with him and then george gets a new apartment and um we get to see his assistant Catherine hahn again and she comes over and uh wants to tell him something but about the court case but again we know nothing of it because she doesn't get to tell him because he just George just avoiding avoidingly walks away and tries to tell her not to tell him. So we still don't know what's going on. Yay. Um But he's trying not to incriminate her. Totally. Which is no. a, no, a noble thing oh, to do. George is a great guy. I love George. In this movie, I love George. Yes. And so George and Lisa, uh, George is heading to see his father and Lisa's going back home because Maddie and George's father live in the same apartment building. Yes. And so they run into each other in the elevator. And George kindly brings Lisa's groceries up to her apartment. And meet, and he meets Maddie. And Maddie gets super jelly and says that she should have asked beforehand because it's his place. And this is the first storm out that uh, Lisa has out of the apartment. And she leaves Maddie. And this is where my favorite scene is. This is my best scene. How is this your best scene? When the when Maddie calls down to the doorman and um, asks the doorman to go and chase down Lisa and tell her to come back up. And George just needs a win. He just needs a win. And George tells Lisa that he can, that she can come to his house and that, um, you know, it's an hour and 45 minutes away on by bus. But she agrees. And he just stands at the bus stop and just like puts his fists up in the air and goes yes yeah like he just needed that win you know that was your best yep. scene yeah and because I, I basically love the doorman <clears throat> he gets an honorable mention there are much better scenes in this movie and we're gonna get to them no, shortly there are not there, there definitely are <laughs> but now okay so now lisa's going over to george's house apartment his new me. apartment yeah when she gets there her phone's dead so she doesn't get the hundreds and hundreds of messages that maddie leaves for her a little bit unhealthy maybe yeah and he's so annoying and he gives her a deadline to call him and or come back by like okay gaslighter 
Like Sarah has so many problems with Maddie in this movie. <laughs> Wait, is it Maddie that your problem is with this movie? No, like there's a lot wrong. With okay. this. The plot line in this movie is uh, thin. All right. I'm trying to find some wins here. <laughs> at least you you like that last scene. That's good. Hey, hey, yes, we're going to build on I that. Do. At least I have a, fav- a best scene in this movie. You got a best scene. All right. Which you don't agree is a best scene. There are better scenes out there. We're going to get to one shortly. Perhaps. And then, so Lisa's able to kind of chat with George while um, while they're there. They get drunk together. And he is a great listener. He just sits there and listens to her, you know, babble on about what she's going to do with her life, which is exactly what she needed from Maddie. But he never gave that to her because he's too self-absorbed. I think he fell into the, this is like a classic guy line, like married guys say this a lot, where like when women complain about things, they don't want you to fix it. They just want you to listen. Is that sexist to say? I don't know if that's sexist or not. Well, I think it's in any relationship, right? Like like when you're having a bad day, you want your person to listen to you yeah. and just to listen. And and sometimes you just don't need advice. And I think that's not necessarily just like with a husband and wife. Like it could be with anybody. Like, you know, if you're, if you're single and you have a best friend, sometimes you just need them to listen to you. Yeah. Jessica was the worst at work. They don't want you to say like, okay, what are we going to do to Jessica? It's just like, okay, well, what did she do? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, they that's, just want you it. to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, observation though, they are both going through shit. She says that she's good at this one thing, but honestly, like when you compare the two, Lisa and George, of what they're going through, I'm sorry, but he is going through a lot more than she is. Fair enough. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're now not a professional softball player, which is in and of itself, like if that's your whole life, yes, that would be quite a, you know, a new ride of your whole entire world is being flipped upside down. But on the other side, like George is like being indicted by the federal court, like the issues where they try to make them seem kind of on par, like they're both going through so much. And it's like one is so much bigger (laughs) than the other. I just don't get it. And also, like, for an athlete, like, no, I think every athlete needs to be aware. There's an expiration date on your career. Nobody's, unless you're Tom frickin' Brady, oh you know, God, yeah. the, the, there's going to come a time where you're not fast enough, right? And is this, at, at this point in the movie, has George figured out that his dad is... Yes, so Maddie calls Lisa while she's still at George's place and wrote down saying this is this is another issue i have um where where he says i wrote something down on a piece of paper and lisa goes okay well tell me what it is and he says i went nuts when you left i broke a lamp she says oh okay like you know go on and he said no that's that's what i wanted to say to you and then they show the piece of paper where that's all he actually wrote down and then she goes back to him i'm like (laughs) what what? Not the most impassioned speech, I'll give you that. And like, n- why? Why are you going back to him? He broke a lamp because you left. And then we find out in the next scene, George finds out that his father did do it. You pay a toll in the Mideast, no matter what the country is. If you want to sell in Egypt, you go there. You rent an office. Stop and shouting. You- I don't hear you when you do that, ever. You go there. Rent an office. It's hard not to yell. You go there and you bribe an Egyptian. That is what I did. Like everybody does. The Coles notes of the story is yes. Charles did do it and he was trying to let his son take the fall and he explained, listen, I've already had some run-ins with the law. The thing is you might spend three years in jail whereas I might be put away for life because of this sort of thing. 
that's not a good excuse. Let your son let go your to prison. Let your son go take the fall. Yeah, that's absurd. Yeah, you're right. It's probably like, not like, very again. Good. Like what? And this is the thing that I don't get. We're led to believe that George is fully at fault with everything yes, that happened. Yeah, because we don't get any information. Right. So now George and Charles have this conversation, and George is like, "Okay, I'll um, I'll try to figure out how I feel about this." And then he kind of leaves, and it's like, "Wait, I thought." Okay, so like, what's going to happen now? I don't understand. I thought you were still at fault. Whether like Charles did this stuff or not, you're still a big part of the company. Don't you still, are you still liable? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe, I don't know. Maybe he would have to turn in his father yeah. or his father would turn himself in. I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, we're at the Weird. stage where George is at a decision point. He yes. could decide if he takes the fall or he could just throw it all on his dad, who is actually the guilty party. Here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then on Lisa's front, um, Maddie <laughs> is going out of town, which again is not that bad. But Maddie's going out of town and Lisa finds him busy texting and asks him if they're monogam like if they're monogamist. Monogamist? If they're monogamist. Miss. And monogamous. If they're monogamous. Yes. <laughs> And asked, We're leaving all this in. <laughs> yes, no, that's hilarious. <laughs> Keep uh, going, though. <laughs> and he's not. Well, he doesn't want to label anything, Sarah. He just wants to keep it open, but he loves her. Isn't that enough? No. And so this is the second time that she walks out of the apartment. Yeah. And leaves him again. I find when we go, you, you're right. When we go to the George and Charles conversations, it's like, wow, you could be going to jail for life or whatever. And then they're like, I don't know. I, I kind of want to sleep with other people. And she's like, what? You want to sleep with other people? I'm leaving. And very, she runs out of the apartment. I'm very like, superficial issues they have. Yeah. Right. So Lisa goes over to George's place again. <laughs> and the call, uh, they call each other, which this, this is, a, this was a cute scene. This is is my best scene. Okay, do you want to talk about it? This is such a cute scene. So George, it's late at night. George is at his apartment and he gets a call from Lisa and they're chatting and he can, you know the thing where you hear the echo of the voice? Yeah. And he kind of leans his head out the window and he sees that Lisa is actually calling from downstairs at his apartment. And he's watching her and he doesn't say anything. And this is... I've, you know, we made an indefinite plan to hang out so I just thought I'd nail it down. Schedule my week. Well, uh, anytime. Though soon would be advisable. I mean, I guess it's too late for tonight. No, not at all. Uh, okay. I'm just waiting for a call from my friend in case she has her baby tonight. But, you know, we can deal with that if it happens. Yeah, yeah, we can, we can deal with that. Or what the heck? Let's just give it a shot. Um, so I could be there in a... Less than 30 minutes. Good. Although, you know, this time of night, it could be sooner. What would you do? I, I think I would call her out on it. Be like, yo, I can see you down there. Like, just effing come in the house. Come in the apartment. That's a good question. I would probably, like, not make them stand there for a half an hour. Exactly. Like, <laughs> that's, like what was she going to do? Just stand there, like, twiddling her thumbs? Well, yeah, she kind of walks away, and we're led to believe she just milled about for, like, 20 minutes and then decided, yeah. okay, I'm going to magically come up now. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. I probably would be like, hey, oh, my gosh, I can see you. Oh, yeah, you're you're here. I don't know. It was probably to save face for her, like, you know, yeah, not but to then, make her feel awkward. But then he opens the door, and she says, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. And she walks away, and she reveals to him, I actually called you from downstairs, and George's character says, yeah, I know. I just didn't want to make you feel weird about it. I know. It. It so cute. He's such that a compassionate was cute. guy. I it will was... say, that was a cute scene. You heard it here first. Wow. Yeah. 
The first one, yep. What do we got next? His assistant has her baby. Catherine Hahn's All 10 pounds of it. And uh, George and Lisa go to see them. So, And when Catherine answers the phone, um, like the hospital phone in the bedroom, that um, it's her, it's the baby daddy. And says, oh, you're going to, says to the baby, oh, you're going to meet your dad soon. And George's father walked in. I almost died. That I was like, I was like. (gasps) Yeah. So Lisa and George are at the hospital. They've met the baby. They're having a great moment with Catherine. She says, the baby daddy's walking in right now, and in walks Charles, George's father. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Oh, my Jack God. Nicholson is the father. Yes, and then the real dad walks in. Hallelujah. And, and then, uh, I can't remember Catherine Hahn's character's name. Do you know? I Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. Immemorable. But she has a quick moment with George, like in a, a sidebar. Says, like, did you think it was your dad? And he's like, yeah, I did. And they, they both have, like, a little chuckle over it. Yes. Because it is funny. This was almost in the running for my best scene as so well. So I agree because the proposal in the hospital room was very cute. So um, Catherine Hahn's baby daddy does propose to her. So he tells George... Oh, Paul yeah, Rudd's character, fun. hey, okay, this grab the funny. camera, I'm going to do this. I actually laughed during this one. I remember it. Thank you. Yes, this so was a good one. George has the camera, and he, the, the baby daddy, gives out this really impassioned speech about how much he loves her <laughs> and how important she is to him. And it's really quite beautiful, and it's this big overarching thing. And then they both turn to George. They're like, wow, did you get all that? George is like, oh my God, I wasn't recording the whole thing. And they freak oh out. They're God. like, how could you? Like, what are you talking about? And then, but this was actually really funny. Both Lisa and George, they kind of come together and they're like, and then you said, and they they recreate that moment yeah. <laughs> while they're recording, which the recording of this is going to be horrible. Oh, yeah. It's so stupid. There's even a moment, this is bad. There's a moment where I noticed that Lisa's character would have stepped into the frame of the reproposal, oh, which yeah. I was like, don't, don't get that close to him. Oh my God, you're in the frame now. But in some ways, they're kind of telling each other these yeah. things. You know, like, like yes. I mean, George yes. is telling it to Lisa and Lisa's telling it to mm-hmm. George, even though they're recreating the proposal between the assistant and the baby daddy. It's really them having this moment now. It is. It's beautiful. It is very, it is cute. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, two, two scenes, three scenes, you know. And so for during this time, I don't know when it happened, but Lisa and Maddie are back together. <laughs> Did you know that when, like this is all the same night and now they're back together. Maddie's throwing her a birthday party. Yeah, I remember when I said I started looking at my phone. It was around now. I kind of lost some And George uh, George asks her if he can go and she says, "Yeah, sure." So now we get to a critical we get to the decision point of the movie. Yes, the ultimatum. George approaches his dad, Charles, mm-hmm. right before the birthday party. And he says, listen, dad, you know, if I thought there was something in this life that, you know, I, I couldn't walk away from, if there was true love in my grasp, I couldn't possibly, you know, tempt fate and go to jail when I knew this great life was just ahead of me. So I'm about to go upstairs and I'm going to meet a girl because remember, they, they live in the yes. same apartment. Yeah. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to ask her if she, if there's some potential here. If there is, I'm not taking the fall for you and you're going to jail, dad. Yeah, why are you taking the fall for him in the first place? Right, God. which is like, anyway. dude, Jack Nicholson's like in his 70s. You don't need to take that, maybe even older. I, I have no idea how Life's old. not going to be that long. The guy can go to jail for, for 30-year-old Paul Rudd. I have no idea God. of ages in this movie. Anyway, that's the ultimatum. So he goes upstairs and he gets there early for the birthday party and there's a... Um, there's a scene with Maddie and Lisa, Owen Wilson, and Reese Witherspoon. He's kind of proposing, but not proposing. He gifts her this unreal Beautiful. watch. 
Yeah, beautiful diamond watch for her birthday. Would you actually wear that watch anywhere? Um, yeah, probably. Because that's what that's what Lisa remarked. She's like, I don't know when I'd ever when, yeah. I, when I'd ever wear this. Well, I mean, if you're dating like a, a professional baseball player, you'd probably be going out to fancy things, right? So you, I guess you could wear it there. But he can't even let her open it herself. Right. She takes and, her time opening things. Yeah. Oh Much like God, everything yeah. in this movie, it, it takes like five minutes too long. She takes yeah. forever to open this thing. And they're engaged to be engaged, which is ridiculous. Oh, my 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 dad did the same thing with my mom. And then seven years they were engaged. And I was like, are you going to marry her in seven years? You're going to propose to her in seven years? Good God. Did anybody listening notice Sarah dropping those hints, by the way, just now? What? Where I said, hey, don't you think that watch is obnoxious? And Sarah's like, ah! I can oh use a watch like that. No, like, are you kidding? We me? all picked up That's those hints, like... Sarah. Oh wow, God. not subtle at all. Yes. I noticed. Well, and then well, I could use a diamond encrusted watch. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're dropping a hint right now to me. I thought about you were going to be like, no, that's a stupid diamond encrusted watch. Okay, it's a lot. I wouldn't. I don't have anywhere to wear it. Yeah. Um, and then George takes her aside and gives her his gift, which is Play-Doh. Because she of takes the her story, time opening oh, it, she takes and a he allows her to take yes. her time, and she even remarks, "Thank you for letting me take my time." So the idea is that Play-Doh used to be goop to clean your fireplace chimney. So as gas and electric heating came in, there was uh, no longer a need for the for the cleaning goo. So you know the guy was going under. But his uh, sister-in-law, who was a nursery school teacher, now, is this a true story? The man's name was Joe McVicker. His sister-in-law was Kay Zufall. So Kay Zufall discovered that her little kids liked squeezing the goo a lot more than hard modeling clay. So she suggested to her brother-in-law, Joe, that they color this stuff and call it Play-Doh. That was also another cute. Okay, so there's like four scenes that I like in this movie. I'll give it that. Wow. Um, and then he also brings her aside again, which I'm like, why didn't you tell her while you were out at the table i know it's like 20 like, seconds later we could have made this yeah, way more efficient like this could have been so much more efficient he tells her that he needs to speak with her and that he'll be waiting at the bus stop for for a while if she cha- you know if she wants to come out and talk to him and um she actually breaks up with maddie and then goes to see george yay hey we've found love and there's a finally scene, there's a scene where george's dad charles jack nicholson okay, he yeah. leans out the window <laughs> and he's watching his son just kind of sitting there on a on a bench and then he sees the girl come out lisa and he sees them embrace and he smiles and then he realizes that he's going to jail. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. And then they're sitting on the bench and they're talking. Do you think they could love each other at the end of this movie? Like Are the you way- asking the question? Could they yes. love each other? So, so like, they're, yes. they're sitting there and they and he says, like, oh, like, I love you. And, like, at oh, the- Oh, you mean like that. Yeah, at the end of this movie, like, do you think by the end of this movie, through everything, that they could love each other? Like, that they could say it at that point? No, I don't think so. No. I, listen, I don't want to give you a win because I know you're torpedoing this movie. <laughs> but I agree. Yeah, it was like, really? You're you're going to say that? You, you've physically seen each other like four times. Yeah. How yeah. can you love somebody? A silent meal. A silent meal. Helping groceries. You got drunk off Guinness yeah. one night. You you went over to your assistant's baby's like birthday Born. thing. Lots yeah. of big events, but anyway. Big events, but yeah, a little too early to say the I love you. And, and it kind of just... You know, it just ends. We don't know what happens with her softball shift and what she's going to do with the rest of her life. I mean, they, she kind of mentions it here and there throughout the movie. But we also, the bigger thing is that we don't know what happens with 
Like, we can assume that hit Charles goes to jail, yeah. but we don't get to know anything else. Nothing. Oh, Sarah hates loose ends. We've got millions of them in this movie. Lots of them, yes. Can I, I, I'm going to close up one loose end. Okay. In my what should have been. Okay. So don't worry about that one. Thank you. Are we on to quick facts? We are. Let's do it. To date, this is the last movie to star Jack Nicholson and the last movie directed by James L. Brooks. Wow, Jack Nicholson has done nothing since. <laughs> yes, yes. It could be because of this movie. I don't know. This is the fourth movie uh, that they've done together. The director and uh, Jack Nicholson. James L. Brooks uh, worked on this movie for over five years. That's how long it took. Catherine Hahn and Tiona Paris both appeared in WandaVision in 2021. Oh, cool. Yeah. Paul Rudd, Catherine Hahn, and Owen Wilson have all appeared in movies or limited series based on Marvel Comics. This is one of the lesser-known big box office bombs of all time. The budget spiraled up to $120 million due to high salary demands of its principal cast and director, a lengthy production, and costly reshoots for the beginning and the ending. The movie lost an estimated $105 million. Lost $105 million. Yes. For example, I did a little bit of research on this. Definitely, maybe, for example. I feel like it's kind of in the same realm of, of like a B-plus romantic comedy. It better, yes. Yep. It had a cost of $7 million to make. Wow. So comparatively, this one somehow lost you $100 million. Yep. yep. How is that possible? I don't know. I, I, There's really not enough in the movie to let me know. Like, I don't know what they spent it on. <laughs> right? Like... Clearly the salaries. That would have been it. I was going to say it must be the salaries. Yeah. Catherine Hahn spent three days filming the scene where her character gives birth. In the early morning after completing the shoot, she herself, being pregnant in real life, went into labor with her daughter, May. Two months later, Catherine would go back to complete filming the scene. Reese Witherspoon practiced playing softball for two to three hours every day for months to be able to be a convincingly great player um however there's only about 20 seconds of her playing the sport on screen i was about to say i only can think of one scene where she actually throws and or catches a ball yeah yeah and she immediately gets hit in the face with the ball yes which has happened to me and it sucks oh my gosh (laughs) thank you for putting in all that extra work reese witherspoon yes yes wow yeah yeah, the hours and hours of yeah practicing (laughs) the part of lisa was specifically written for reese witherspoon and the movie was shipped to theaters under the name list after list Bill Murray was in talks to play the role of Charles, but he eventually turned it down. I could see that. Reese Witherspoon and Paul Rudd were voice actors in Monsters vs. Aliens in 2009, and their characters were love interests in that movie, too. Oh. They both also appeared in the movie Overnight Delivery together in 1998. In this movie, Reese Witherspoon's character is in a romantic relationship with Owen Wilson. In 2001, when she played the role of Elle Woods in Legally Blonde, she was in a romantic relationship with Luke Wilson's character. Luke Wilson is Owen Wilson's brother. Catherine Hahn and Paul Rudd would reunite in the movies Wonderlust in 2021 and Our Idiot Brother in 2011. Reese Witherspoon and Owen Wilson appeared in the movie Inherent Vice together in 2014. And now we're on to honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. My honorable mention was the doorman. Oh my God, really? Yes, I told you that. No, and and Paul Rudd. I just love him. Oh yeah, Paul Rudd gets an honorable. I don't have an honorable mention for this one. Wow. I have a good what should have been though. Okay, hit me. Hit me with what should have been. I think we all know how this movie is supposed to end because Owen Wilson's character, Maddie. Yeah. That's not his real name. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you a story here. Okay. His real name is John Beckwith. 
Oh, fancy. Familiar with the name? No. You are. Oh, okay. So remember at the beginning of the movie, Wedding Crashers, oh, one of the yes. lies that the character <laughs> John Beckwith uses yeah. when he's trying to pick up girls is he says he is a major league baseball player. I think he says oh. he's a member of the New York Yankees. Sound familiar? Yes. Yeah. He pretends to be a baseball player in this movie. The only time we see him in baseball mode is he's in a dugout. I don't know if that's real or not. We never even oh see my God. Owen Wilson throw a pitch or anything. So how do you know I'm predicting is set in the same universe and is the prequel to The Wedding Crashers? Our boy Maddie is a sham. That's a lie. He's actually John Beckwith from Wedding Crashers. He will eventually end up with Rachel McAdams. Claire Cleary. Wow. The only out. hitch in that story is that this movie was like seven years after Wedding no, Crashers? I well, thought yes, about that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but um, that he, Maddie or or John, as you're saying, is kind of a dick in this movie. Yeah, and he's not a dick in Wedding Crashers. Well, sometimes you gotta be. Does he hey, turn a new leaf? He turns a new leaf, but not a total mm. new leaf because he's still sleeping around, just like his character Maddie in this one. Yeah, is but as well. just this time now with condoms because he's in love. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> And now we're on to rewatchability. Yes. Okay, so my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, three. Storyline, 1.75. Thirst factor. (laughs) 1.75. Oh, my God. Thirst factor, 4.5. Imagination, two. Soundtrack, one. Cheese, two. For an overall score of 2.38 out of five. Oof. Yep. That's a major oof. I know. I felt bad, but I can't stop now, you know? Can't go back. Okay, so I had Chemistry 2.5, Storyline 3, Thirst Factor 2.5, Imagination a 4, Soundtrack. I thought it was fairly imaginative. For how? It was interesting. We've got a legal battle on one side. We've got a girl who's a softball player turning to baseball, like a a baseball star. Okay, I could pick a hole. Honestly, but you can keep going. It's imaginative. No. Soundtrack, two. Cheese, three. For an overall score of 2.8 out of five. A little bit higher. A little bit higher. Middle of the road. I still don't understand how you have a four out of... Like, that. we're talking like the five is like the bee's knees, the cat's meow. Thought and it was you're interesting. saying that it has a four? Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of How Do You Know? Actually, I've got a question. This movie reminded me of another one, um, just because it's Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Is Cruel Intentions a romantic comedy? This isn't just a question for you. This is a question for our listener. Okay. Because I think if you're saying, hey, Lizzie McGuire movie is a rom-com. Yes, it is. The it Parent is. Trap is a rom-com. Really? Yes, it is. I think Cruel Intentions should get a nod. Okay. We, sh- we should take a look at it, at least. Slide into our DMs. Yes, please. let us know. Let us know if Cruel Intentions is a rom-com. If you're listening to us on Spotify, throw us a follow, subscribe at Apple Podcasts, and uh, you can reach out on Instagram or TikTok at Rom-Com Rewind. Thanks for listening.